What looked to be a terrible Thursday night football game actually wasn't as terrible as we thought, but might have been a terrible result for both teams. Then it's the biggest week 14 games as we are coming down the stretch of the NFL season. All this is up next on the house call. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Gridiron segment here at House Call Sports. I'm here with Lawrence and Gage. My name is Matt. And before we recap Thursday night football and preview a few of these Week 14 matchups, I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of this video, and that is Vivid Seats. This is the most trustworthy and easy to navigate ticketing website. They have reliable and rewarding tickets, a 100% buyer guarantee, which is your transaction will be safe and secure. You will get full service customer care and be compensated for any canceled events. And it's got the only ticket rewards program around all that means is to say if you guys haven't been paying attention for the last 13 weeks of the year it's nfl season people i know you got a favorite team so i know there's a game for you to go to so go to it go to it now and grab your seats at vivid seats they're guaranteed so hit the link in the description to go sit vividly now Let's start with Thursday night football as we had a battle of already anemic offenses that are on backup quarterbacks as Bailey Zappi and the Pats upset Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers in a much higher scoring game than we thought, which isn't saying much of the score of 21-18. But this game may have been bad for both teams as the Patriots got their third win of the season, which sounds good. I mean, it doesn't sound good. It sounds bad, making their chance of the getting the number one pick very slim. Also, the Steelers moved to seven and six when they were seven and four before last week and had back-to-back games against two and ten teams on the schedule. And now they've lost both and are on the outside looking in of the AFC playoff picture. So, Gage, I'm going to go to you first on this one, man. Obviously, it was a terrible result for both teams, even though the Patriots won on uh, on uh, Thursday. What do you think, man? What was worse, the Pats win or the Steelers loss? Oh, it's got to be the Pats win. Got to be like. By far, uh, if you're a Steelers fan, you got to see that team was overperforming. That defense was carrying you to wins. TJ Watt won you three games by himself at yeah. the beginning of the year. So you, you got to see the running on the wall coming. Your offense is terrible. Matt kind of screwed you for half the year before you fired him. And even after you fire him, Kenny Pickett's hurt. Now he's out for the year, needs surgery. You're on Mr. Trubisky. Mr. Trubisky is a backup quarterback for a reason. Like he was drafted. First quarterback overall off the board by Chicago, and they let him go for a reason. So you take an already inept offense and you give a backup quarterback, you're going to get what you got. And Bailey Zappi tore apart a defense that should have performed way better than that. I don't know what Pittsburgh defense was. But if you looked at the betting odds, you knew this was a trap game and a half. Like, so many people were smashing the under 30 for that. And of course, the NFL is like, all right, we can't, we can't ha- let Vegas call. We can't let that happen. We're gonna have some offense here, boys. So it came to Bailey Zappi and Hunter Henry connecting for way too many fucking points. But yeah, it's worse for the Patriots because now you you could potentially because your strength of schedule is significantly higher than most teams at the bottom of the barrel. Yep. Like if you win one more game, you're in trouble. You're like you're looking outside of top five draft picks. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you, the quarterback class is so deep, you will still get, like, a Drake May. You'll get a uh, Michael Panix. Like, I think this is assuming Chicago doesn't go quarterback. This is assuming Chicago doesn't go quarterback mm-hmm. at one. If they do, then you're looking at, like, maybe Michael Penix as your, as your best option. But they, they play the Jets, and habitually they beat the Jets. And the Jets are... The Jets are going to lose that game. Like, 
it's probably it's probably i'm hoping the jets lose that game personally as a fuck be, you, yeah. as a fuck you to the patriots and they're like yes jets tank please um they're sitting at 0.522 strength of schedule right now the only people higher than them right now are the arizona cardinals every other team from seven and up has a lower strength of schedule than them so one more win and a lot of teams are four and nine, four and eight, looking at uh, Washington, looking at Chicago, looking at the Giants, looking at the Jets. One win and every other team loses out. You're pushed to like eight. And now you're deciding, hey, or do we trade up now? Do we try to sell off more? And you put yourself in a shitty situation because you won a bullshit game on a Thursday night. Stupid. And theoretically, like there are teams you're going to beat at the tail end. The Jets being one of them, which is unfortunate. <laughs> like... You guys play Buffalo tough. You got to play Buffalo again. Beat them once already this year. On we can beat the Broncos side, too. Yeah. Like on the yeah. flip side, depending on what kind of Russell Wilson you get. We'll see. On the flip side for the Steelers, you, you got to see this coming. Like, I don't think Mike Tomlin will have a losing season because it's impossible for that man to have a losing season. But you guys, put, put the playoff hopes to bed, put the division to the bed. And just focus on getting healthy, getting a good offense going next year, and kind of just get ready for next year. I know you're not used to it, Steelers fans, but this year's the one year you don't make the playoffs. Got to reset a little bit in the offseason. Yeah, like you said, I mean, both teams, it was just a a brutal outcome for both. I mean, the the Steelers, too, having back-to-back games against the Cardinals and Pats at home and losing both is just like, oh, my God, dude. Like, come on. Like, as a – and there were were a half – when that happened, they were basically a half game back of the division, and now they're, you know, out of the playoffs. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, real bad outcome for both teams. Lawrence, what do you think, man? What was worse, the Pats win or the Steelers loss? Uh, I'm going to say the Steelers loss, actually. Um, You know, back-to-back losses against – awful teams like the Cardinals and the Patriots is going to hurt, especially like you said, when we're starting it, then they were seven or four, you know, they're now seven and six. And realistically, they probably should be nine and four. That is, that is puts them in a, in a driving seat for a wild card spot. And, you know, puts them in a really good position going forward, even if Mr. Trubisky is your quarterback. But, you know, you, I mean, what is their locker room like right now? You know, you have a, a great shot to make the playoffs. You are sat at seven and four. You look two weeks ahead. You think we've got Cardinals, we've got Patriots, two teams that have had two wins this whole season. They're easy wins, right? You know, they're, they're like gimme games, right? We're going to be right. We're going to be nine and four in two weeks' time. We're going to be in a great position to start, you know, making a push for the playoffs in the postseason. All of a sudden, you drop two games to the two worst teams, two of the worst teams in the league, you know, that's going to shock anyone and i think that locker room is going to have to have some you know really honest conversations with themselves thinking what's going wrong right now um you know i'm not going to say that mitch trubisky lost this game because quite frankly it is not his fault that they conceded 21 points to a patriots team that has one of the worst offenses probably of all time you know they have been awful this season i mean bailey zappy threw three touchdowns on you that is hard to do when he's been cut. He cleared waivers. He went back to the Patriots. No one really wanted him. And then he still dropped three touchdowns on you in the first half. That is, That says a lot about that defense and kind of how their scenes project. And they've kind of been that really tough position right now where the playoffs seem far away, but they're also not bad enough to get a really good pick. They're kind of in no man's land. 
They're not going to mm-hmm. accomplish anything this season. They're also not going to have kind of that uh, draft capital to really make plays in the off season in terms of drafting top tier talent. Um, so that, that's going to sting. You know, I'd like to see the Steelers make a bit more of a push. Sitting at not, um, sitting at seven and six now. That's a that's a tough pill to swallow. In, in terms of why I say the Patriots, you know, can be confident coming out of that game. Yes, okay, they won. We're still we still have a top three pick in the draft. Okay, that might change with the win, but that will only change down the line. Right now, we're still a top three pick. Cardinals had a bye week. They've got a tough schedule, but there's a couple games there where they might have a chance of winning. Um, I'm I'm more interested in um, how the players on the Patriots played and, and what that means for them going forward. I said once as a Pats fan when I gave up on the season, po- playoffs aren't going to happen. Um, I said, right, we, we know we're going to rebuild. The writing's on the wall with that. We need a new quarterback. We need a new um, everything, basically. We have <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of guys on the roster that have a lot to prove, right? And if we are real rebuilding, we need to start looking at the guys on our roster first, thinking who are we going to keep going forward? And we have guys like Juju, guys like Zeke, guys like Hunter Henry and Tyquan Thornton, all of whom not a lot of people are sold on going forward. You know, and to see people like Juju go off four receptions, 90 yards, 22 and a by far is probably best game as a Patriot, right? Easy. Uh, yeah. Hunter Henry looked like the Hunter Henry two years ago when he was catching all those touchdowns. You know, even Tyquan Thornton got involved. And that's kind of a positive of his own right, because you kind of start you kind of starting to get a view of are these guys worth keeping around? That's kind of what the mindset should be of the Patriots fans of okay, whilst we do want to have a better draft pick, I'm never gonna root for us to lose in game day. You know, I got a little bit excited when the Steelers started coming back. But, you know, I got to see good football and at the end of the day I got to see the Patriots when I'm happy for that. But I also got to see a lot of guys have some good performances that game. And, you know, the, the Steelers defense is not exactly awful. Hasn't been awful this whole season. No, it's been good. For us to put 21 points up, you know, is a bright spot in its own right. Maybe something is going right going forward. Maybe, you know, we had a really tough adjustment period, but we're actually starting to see something. We'll see down the line, you know, if we can build on this. But look, there are positives for the Patriots. The Steelers, I don't know what's next for them. Are they a playoff contender? Well, they can't beat the Patriots and the Cardinals. So even if they do manage to scrape into the playoffs, they're going to do nothing with it. The Patriots, okay, we know they're going to have a, a top pick. That's pretty much a prerequisite. They're sat at three and ten or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Um. So they're going to have a high high draft pick. How high? Okay, that's in the air. But you're starting to see now the kind of the character of the locker room, and it hasn't died. This bad season hasn't killed kind of the locker room chemistry. The players still play to win. And as a fan, you never want to see your team and your the players in your team want to lose. Like you know, you don't want that from people you want to you want to cheer on on Sunday. So having having seen that fight last night in the game, coming out with the win, seeing how much it meant to kind of get back in the win column, even though the season is done. Although mathematically, I know technically there is a, still a remote chance to make the playoffs, um, but we're not going to go down that rabbit no, hole. No, we're not. <laughs> there is there is definitely some positives to come out of this. They're going to have a high draft pick regardless, but we're starting to see, okay, what does the future look like in terms of the guys that are still currently here? Guys that might be free agents, have they shown up this season? This The rest of the season is an audition for the guys on the team 
Do they want to be here next year? Do we want them to be here next year? And, you know, there's a lot of talk about cutting Juju. He's not been worth the money we paid him. Well, if this is the start of something with Juju, then that's always a positive to worth celebrating. So we did pay him. He is meant to be that replacement Jacoby Myers. And he had a good game. Not by far his best game as a player in the league. But, you know, there are positives to take from this. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm not going to be nearly as positive as you just as you just were, Lawrence. Uh, that was that was a lot of Patriots positivity, and I'm not going to give any of it. Uh, for first of all, this game pissed me off on so many accounts. For one, I was big on the Steelers preseason. I thought they were going to sneak up on everyone, potentially win this division. I was wrong about that. If you are seven and four and you lose to two of the three worst teams in football at home in back-to-back games, you don't deserve to make the playoffs. They're, you don't deserve to make anything. You certainly don't deserve, deserve to win the division. They're a bad football team with a solid record, a solid defense, but a terrible offense. And obviously, they lost to two awful teams at home when they had a shot to win the division. Get them the hell out of here. I don't want to see the Steelers ever again. But this wa- loss was much worse for the Patriots because even like you were saying, Lawrence, even if the Steelers did make the playoffs or win the division, you were talking about at two gauge, they weren't winning the Super Bowl and they could maybe win the wild card round. Maybe they win one playoff game. That's about it. Okay. The Patriots, however, had an actual shot at one of the most valuable things in the NFL right now, which is the number one overall pick in this draft because this year it's more valuable than ever because the quarterbacks we have available, Caleb Williams, Drake May, like we were talking about, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, there's so many good quarterbacks available that the number one overall pick this year is more valuable than ever. Now with the win, they have almost zero shot at that top pick because there is no way that the Panthers are going to get to three or four wins and the Patriots lose out. And th- th- there's no way that the Panthers are going to get all the way up there. And I doubt that the Cardinals are going to are, 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 are going to win too many games either. So now they could still sit at the second pick and they could stay there, but I doubt it. They're going to find a way outside of the top two pick. And you know who the Patriots are going to end up drafting this year? Joe Alt, the tackle from Notre Dame. And it's going to make me so frustrated because we need way more than an offensive tackle in the first round. Okay, we need a, a, a bona fide wide receiver one because even though Lawrence was talking about how good Juju played. Again, that was his first good game in three months, okay? We haven't seen anything from Juju before that. He's been terrible, okay? We need a legitimate receiver. We need a legitimate quarterback because I don't care what anybody has to say. Bailey Zappi is not the answer after having one good game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? It's not it. Mac Jones, we've seen, is certainly not the answer, okay? So, I guarantee you, we're going to get Joe we're going to get Joe Alt, but we need a fucking quarterback and some elite weapons and it's not going to happen and we're going to get offensive line even though we can get offensive line later. Okay? So I'm going with the Pats. This win was way worse and I'm going to pray we don't win another game. I'm not like Lawrence, okay? I was 100% rooting for our downfall, okay? Because for me, the big picture is more important. I want us to lose because I know what what is at the end of the losing table, okay? And that's the number one overall pick where you could get a generational prospect. Now, you're looking at, again, you're looking at maybe you're getting a, a, maybe hopefully we can still get Marvin Harrison Jr. or, you know, trade, we'll probably trade down, you know, still draft an offensive lineman or whatever the case may be. But we're, we're not looking at one of those top two picks anymore, which are two generational quarterback prospects that we're probably not looking at anymore. So, yes, I think I, I was 100% rooting for our downfall because I have the big picture takeaway. Hey, if we can go get one of those guys at the at, at the top of the draft, you completely revamp your franchise. You can figure out everything else once you have your franchise quarterback. And now I don't think 
that's going to happen. So yeah, the Patriots loss was way worse because the Steelers weren't going to do anything this year anyway with their offense being so horrible. Whereas the Patriots now have zero shot at the number one overall pick. And like Gage said, we're probably going to find a, win, a, a way to win week 18 versus the Jets in the toilet bowl uh, and, and, and be able to, you know, probably get pushed out of the top five picks, which is the most frustrating thing of all time. So yeah, the Patriots loss was way, or the Patriots win, excuse me, was way worse than the Steelers loss because now we have no hope in the number one overall pick. And I'm depressed. I mean, I'm, that's the most depressing win I've ever seen in my entire life from the Patriots. As soon as you need them to lose, they win. And yeah, welcome to my life. Right. Welcome to my life for the last 27 years. What are you? What yes. Are you? This is, is you can't tank, man. right? Come on. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. So hopefully uh, we can get back to our losing ways next week. Uh, but unfortunately, we got a dub this week and it fucked everything up. But with that, we're going to move to this week 14 action. And the first game we're going to talk about is not a couple of losers like we saw yesterday. It's an NFC West matchup between the 6-6 six and six Seahawks, who were sitting at 5-2 and two and have now lost 4-5 versus the red-hot 9-3 San Francisco 49ers, coming off a dominant win versus Philly last week. But I want to start with Seattle, like I said, because they got off to a fast start and have, haltered, or have faltered since and are now ninth in the NFC, sitting on the outside looking in. So, Lawrence, I'm going to kick it to you on this one, man. For, will the Seahawks miss the playoffs after their red-hot start? I mean, yeah, you were high on the Steelers at the preseason. I was high on the Seahawks. I thought these guys were going to build on the success of last year. Um, Geno Smith was going to have another good year, another second year in the new system, and the new team. Um, with his new receivers, I thought he was going to have a better year than he has. You know, six and six is again middle of no man's land, and it's not like you know the NFC is is not competitive. They're not going to they're not as good as the AFC, but that race for the wild card spots is still pretty tight. And the and the Seahawks find themselves in a position now where they're you know lacking one of the best players in Kenneth Walker. And Geno Smith is not playing great. And they've got to go into the 49ers game, who have just come off their, the, their best win of the season against the Eagles. It's a tough ask. They're going to lose this game. They're going to drop below 500. Yeah, I think the playoffs probably are out of their reach at this stage. I never thought I'd say that because they were they looked they looked really positive. They were in control of the West at one stage uh, when the, the the 49ers had that losing streak. The difference is, and this is the difference between the 49ers and the Seahawks. The 49ers figured it out. You know, they have a better team. They're better across the board. Uh, and they bounce back from their losing. I don't think Seattle has it in them to bounce back from their losing. That's that's the issue I see with them. You know, I I think I think at this stage they have a remote chance. Is it going to happen? I, I can't see it happening. I honestly can't. Um, so no, I I don't think they made the playoffs at this stage of the season. I think they're 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 not a long shot. It could happen, but they they've put themselves in again a difficult position. You know how how to drop to 500 and then realistically below 500 that's gonna that kills your season that does kill your season and it's their own fault because they, they they lost games they probably shouldn't have yep. you know if they look if they pull the upset here right and they manage to squeak a win by the 49ers it can be by one point it could be you know the 49ers throw the game the seahawks do nothing right but the 49ers are just awful brock purdy has a mare it doesn't matter. They don't have to play good football. If they get the win, look, they're seven and six. That changes the dialogue entirely. I don't see that happening. They need to win, pick up this win here. If think if they drop below five hundred, it's done. 
I think that at that stage is too much of a climb for what is a very average Seahawks team. Yeah, they've been they've been the definition of average. I mean, you look at just about anything that they do: offense, you know, offense, defense, running game, passing game. Uh, you know, run defense, <laughs> pass defense, points scored, points again. They're average in just about everything. Like they're not good at anything. You know, so that's a pretty much the definition of an average team. And you know, a six and six record is pretty fitting for Seattle because they have been just remarkably middle of the pack. Uh, Gage, I'm going to you, man. What do you think? Are will the Seahawks miss the playoffs this year after starting off so hot? Uh, yes, but for none of the reasons Lawrence stated, although all of his reasons are true. Uh, for the simple fact, they lost both games to the Rams. And if you even take one of those games, you're in way better shape for playoffs. Because the Rams are sitting ahead of you with head-to-head tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. And you're preying on the Packers' downfall and the Vikings' downfall, which I don't think you, you can get one of those. So if you beat the Rams, you're ahead of the Rams right now. You slide into whoever falls out between the Vikings and the Packers. Personally, I think it's the Vikings. But if, if one of them slide out, you would have slid into that final spot and been good to go. Even if you, especially if you you chalk this week up, like you're probably gonna lose this game. It's a divisional game. You're gonna play it tough. It's gonna be a close game. But you're probably gonna drop this game because San Francisco is just the best team in the NFL. It is what it is. Call spade a spade. So losing both games to the Rams now puts you in such a large hole, and the Rams are now looking like they're going to take that last wildcard spot because you can't seem to beat them. So you dug yourself in that hole. You can't blame Geno Smith because it's not Geno's fault. He's playing. He had a stellar over-the-top year last year, but he fell back down to being good enough. Being good enough. But he's banged up. Your defense is not at all what we thought it was going to be and your running game's hurting because Kenneth Walker's out yeah mm-hmm. and you played just played your best game of the year against Dallas yeah like unless you do that again this week I think it's time to pack it up because you lost too many games to the people that are also competing for a playoff push so you shot yourself in the foot in your own division and now you're gonna be nine nine and eight or 10 and 7, like, oh, we could have if we won this one game. Yeah, you could have, but you dropped both of them embarrassingly. Like, wasn't even fucking close, those Rams games. Yeah. So now you're looking at you got to beat San Francisco, you have a tough schedule, and you got to prey on three other teams losing. Mm-hmm. So odds of that happening, very low. So I think Seattle kind of shot themselves in the foot, and I think that's it for their year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it sucks for me to say because I was also pretty high on uh, Seattle preseason. I thought they would have the same record as the Niners, and but just lose the division on the tiebreak. But I mean, how they look lately, and like Gage said, how their schedule plays out. I think Seattle's missing the playoffs now. They're at at the Niners this week, obviously. Then they're home to Philly next week. They've also got the Steelers, who we just talked about. You know, have looked rough, but I mean, it's, they're not a gimme game by any means. And then even the Cardinals to end the year, while they aren't any good, I mean, it's a division game and they've been a different team since Kyler Murray is back. So, and frankly, like I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, this team does nothing special at this point. The defense has not taken the strides that I thought it would. I thought this defense was going to be really good this year. It has not taken the strides I thought it would. The running game has been non-existent. They're bottom 10 in running the football, even with, you know, a couple of pretty good running backs and Kenneth Walker and, and, and Zach Charbonnet. The offensive line has also been shaky. And I know Steelers or Seahawks fans, excuse me, aren't big fans of offensive coordinator Shane Waldron as well. They haven't liked his play calling as well. But Gage, you kind of mentioned the elephant in the room, and I don't want to be the one to say it, okay, because I like this guy a lot and I'm rooting for him. But I'll be honest, okay, 
I'm going to be one of those guys writing him off now. Okay. I think the off I think in the off season, the Seahawks got to move on from Gino. Okay. You can get out of that contract. He signed last year after the season is over with only 17.4 million in dead cap attached to it. And even with the stuff around him struggling, like I mentioned, he's been average at best. You look at any number for Gino, he's somewhere between 12th and 20th best in the league in every number you look at besides picks, which he's top 10. So for me, again, I like Gino a lot, but you got to do, you got to get younger at quarterback with this team. The weapons are too good and young to not pair a young quarterback with this team. Seattle feels like a perfect fit for Michael Penix as well. But me. as Lawrence the said, the first now, round. they're in dead. They're going to be in dead man's land. Yeah. Well, so they're again, that's like maybe Bo Nix sliding. Or no, well, that's, they got to trade yeah. up. Well, yeah, that's why I said maybe. Michael. That's that's why I said Michael Penix. I think Michael Penix is going to be available sometime in the, first, in, in the middle of the first round. Michael I don't Penix I don't know about that. Man. I don't I don't know. I think I he might slide. Too. I think he might slide because of that injury history. So if if they're uh, in the I middle would of look the first round. I commanders to take <clears throat> Michael Penix at six. I don't know. They, still might be, they might still believe in Sam Howell. I don't know. They, they've they've been really big on Sam Howell. He's leading the league in passing yards. So the, if they're I mean, they're probably he's thinking the let's, ball all game because he's behind the whole game. Well, well true. <laughs> they're in they're behind the whole game because they have no offensive line. So I think offensive line or revamping that defense would yeah. be a move for the Commanders as well. So they're a team that could go either way. But I think Penix could go to middle of the first round. And I think if he's there in the middle of the first round, it's a great fit. Obviously, he's at he was at UW for the last couple of years. Super accurate. He'll come into a great situation with great weapons a great organization i would love that fit but seattle's missing the playoffs because they're simply a mediocre team with a tough schedule and that is a recipe to miss the playoffs now i want to talk about this as well from a niners perspective because you look at the mvp odds the nfl mvp odds right now there's the number one man for the nfl mvp as far as favorites in vegas right now is 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the regular season, I might have said there's a chance at that just because we know how many weapons and and how good the 49ers are, were going to be. But just seeing Mr. Irrelevant uh, a couple years ago at the top of the MVP odds is staggering uh, based on you know where he was drafted. But Gage, I'm going to kick it to you first on this one, man. Is Purdy the actual NFL MVP right now? Um, we talked about it on the Tuesday episode, um, Kyle and I and uh, Sammy. Uh, no quarterback really deserves this award, but it's a quarterback award. So, like, mm -hmm. cool. Uh, if it goes to a quarterback, it should be, as much as I hate to say this, because I sh basically shit on him the entire preseason and offseason, uh, it should be Dak. Like, if you look at it realistically, it's got to be Dak. <clears throat> He's, his touchdown to interception radio, ratio is, if not the best, with competing with C.J. Stroud, is second best to C.J. Stroud. He's 26 and four. Purdy is 23 and four. So three less touchdowns. And the only thing you got Brock Purdy is like, oh, but you also hand the ball off. Like CMC is having an MVP looking year over a thousand yards already. <clears throat> Just rushing. Plus all his touchdowns and receiving yards. So that's the only like thing in Brock Purdy's like they have a balanced offense. Well, Tony Pollard looks like dog shit for like 10 out of 12, uh, 11 out of 13 weeks so far. So you're saying Dak, oh, he's got to throw more and all this and blah, blah, blah. You can't look at Brock Purdy and seriously think like over Tyreek Hill or CMC or Dak, he really should be the front runner. Not a snowball's chance. Tyreek Hill should be the NFL MVP. He's going to break Calvin Johnson record. By week 16, like, you can't even say he needs the extra game. Maybe. So, 
it's ridiculous how the NFL is looking at this because the quarterback is like the most important position on the field. It is, it is offensively, objectively, it is. But no one, no, no quarterbacks having the clear cut MVP season. No one's throwing fifty touchdowns yeah. to like ten interceptions. No one's throwing five thousand yards, six thousand yards. Like those are MVP years, and no quarterbacks really having that. But if it has to go to a quarterback, it should be Dak. Yeah, I agree. Dak should definitely be up there. I mean, I'm all, I am don't think anybody on this panel is a, a huge Dak guy. But, I mean, he's you, you, he's the numbers, like you said, the numbers are there. He's on a team that's one of the best teams in the NFC, one of the best teams in the NFL. He's got to be up there as well. But I might have a little bit of different thoughts as to who I think is the MVP coming up. Uh, Lawrence, I'm going to you, man. What do you think? Is Purdy the real MVP right now? You know, no, I agree with what Gage said. No quarterback in this league has separated himself from the herd and, and made himself a clear-cut front-runner, right? You know, he will say Dak, and Dak is having, you know, one of the best years of his career, and, and he should be in the conversation, absolutely. Brock Purdy should also be in the conversation. I mean, he's he's thrown 24 touchdowns, only two less than Dak, but he's thrown... Um, Sorry, 23 touchdowns, only three less than Dak. But he's he throwing the same amount of interceptions, right? Both on six. So they're both having good years. And they're both on good teams with great players around them. Um, but the reality of the situation is the MVP will go to the quarterbacks because the quarterback is the most important position and it is the most valuable player award. Um, do I... Th- he Brock Purdy should not win it. I think, and I said this the last time I recorded an episode, um, he, he's surrounded by too much talent for anyone to look at him and say he is the reason why the 49ers are one of the best teams. And I, I think that's been the same criticism that we've, you know, all said against Dak in, the, in, in previous years. You know, players like Patrick Mahomes win MVPs because they perform well at a high level, at an elite level, regardless of who's around them. You look at Brock Purdy, picked last in the draft for a reason. You know, there was a reason why he fell to that fell that low. Okay. The NFL teams didn't want him. Um, he's, he's playing really, really good football, but he is surrounded by so many good players, you know, good receivers, a great scheme, an elite defense, which helps out offensively so much. Um, Dak Prescott is more deserving though and I hate saying that but he probably would be my pick right now if if it was if it was my decision at this stage in the season I'd give it to Dak because that Cowboys defense is nowhere near as good as the 49ers defense which means he is having to do a lot more than Brock Purdy is and he's having a better season than Brock Purdy um so, so yeah, Brock Purdy will always be in that conversation, and rightly so. He is having a great year, but should he be the favourite? I, I think to look at him as the favourite is paying too much attention to the team's record rather than the actual individual performances. And if that's how it's going to be, that's how it's going to be, that's perfectly fine. But I think you do have to take into account the help he's got around him before you say he is the most valuable player. Because... I don't even think he's the best player on that roster, yet alone in the league. So I don't know how you can justify saying he's the best player in the league when he's not even the best player on the 49ers. You know, you look at the Cowboys, okay, that probably is, you know, well, the second best player on that roster. But Mm. it's a QB award. Um, It'll go to a QB, but right now it should be Dak. 
Yeah, so listen, if we're talking by the definition of MVP, if it's the most valuable player in the NFL for that given season, do I think Brock Purdy is the player who holds the most value for any team in the NFL, even for this season? Absolutely not. But that's not how these things are voted on consistently. Like you guys talked about, majority of the time, the award goes to the quarterback with the best numbers as one of the top teams in football has to be a top one or two seed in the conference. Okay, that's the vast majority of MVPs in the history of football, especially the last 15 or so years, okay? And with that criteria, I just described that makes this year's MVP Brock Purdy, even over Dak Prescott. Purdy, he's got a better quarterback rating. He's got a better QBR. He's got more yards per attempt. He's got he's got a better completion percentage, and the and the uh, and the yards and the touchdowns are close. Okay, so and and both guys have great supporting casts. Obviously, I think Dak has a better offensive line, even though uh, Purdy has uh, Trent Williams on his offensive line. They both got you know comp really good receivers. They've got a you know solid tight ends. I think obviously Purdy's got a better running back, but I mean they've both got a lot of weapons, and Purdy's numbers. Are are a little bit better and obviously the head-to-head -head matchup wasn't even close Purdy vastly outplayed Dak and a lot of Dak's numbers have came against just garbage opponents whereas Purdy has been putting up really good numbers against a lot better competition in my opinion so for me I would vote for Brock or, uh, the that makes the definition of this year's MVP Brock Purdy again if I actually had to vote on the MVP if it was me voting for the MVP not just historically how the award has gone I vote for Tyreek Hill because if he gets to 2,000 yards uh you know breaking a, an NFL you know an NFL record and you know having one of the most historic receiving seasons in NFL history I would give it to Tyreek Hill just because I think he's a much more valuable player to his offense than Brock Purdy is to his but again if we're being fair on how this award has been historically given out I think Brock Purdy has got to be the MVP just because of how, you know, how how we do these awards. And I think it's stupid how the MVP has become a quarterback award. But like you guys said, the quarterback is the most valuable position in football. So it makes sense that, the you know, it's become a quarterback award if a quarterback has a big season. But like you guys mentioned, if there's any season to not give the quarterback an MVP award, it's this year because there's no quarterback having a historic season. There's no quarterback, you know, really, really carrying his team to their given records. I think it's been a more cumulative effort for all the quarterbacks at the top of their respective conferences. And, you know, it's 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 time to give it to a wide receiver and it's Tyree Kill's time. I think it should be given Tyree Kill. But again, if we're basing it on what the definition of how we've been giving it out is historically, how we've been giving it out. I think it's probably going to go to Brock Purdy, assuming he continues to play the way he's been playing, which is unfortunate because it should go to Tyree Kill. But it's just the way the cookie crumbles with the NFL MVP. But now, listen, as far as the game goes, I think this is going to be a lot closer than the Thanksgiving game where the Niners dominated that one from start to finish. They're coming off an emotional road win at Philly. Seattle's coming off a tough road loss to Dallas, but Seattle's had plenty of time to rest after they got that mini bye on Thursday Night Football. And I think Seattle's going to come out ready to play in this one because they need a win, to, obviously just wins in general, to stay alive for a playoff spot, especially with a heated division rivalry like this. You can't take nothing for granted. But the Niners are too good, both sides of the ball. Give me the Niners here. I think it's going to be closer than you think. I think it's going to be 24-20, to 20, but the Niners still win. But now... Let's go to what in past years we've been talking about as an AFC Championship game preview, but it is not looking even close to that right now as the Buffalo Bills are 6-6 six and six coming off their bye and are another team on the outside looking in at the playoffs, and they'll be taking on the defending champs, the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. But 
the Chiefs have been struggling as well, losing to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football last week. But I want to start with the Bills because there has been some controversy with head coach Sean McDermott lately. Obviously, a story coming out with a bunch of crazy details uh, that came out last week to go along with an underachieving team this year. So, Lawrence, I want to kick it to you on this one first, man, because you were on this at the very beginning of the season with Sean McDermott. So I want to ask you right now, if the Bills miss the playoffs, does Sean McDermott still has a, have a job as the Bills head coach come next season? All right, I'm going to respond to that with an even more aggressive statement. I'm going to say, even if they do make the playoffs, he shouldn't be the head coach. Mm. We have seen the best we're going to see from the Buffalo Bills under Sean McDermott. He is evident the Bills are in decline. They are losing talent. They are losing players. Uh, their Super Bowl window is firmly closed. They are sitting at 500. This is a team that should have won or should have gone to a Super Bowl by now. And they haven't. So the only reason you would keep Sean McDermott is if, if you actually genuinely believe that he can take you there next year. And with the team getting worse than it's been in previous years, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's time for something new in Buffalo. Um, and I think it's got to be a change of, change of head coach. He's been a good head coach. There's no doubt about that. But at a certain stage, if you're not getting over that that bump in the road getting to the next level then you've got to you can't afford to waste the talent you've got on your roster and we know in this league you can't keep on to your best players with the salary cap and 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 you know everything else going on players will walk so you've got to make the most of the players whilst you've still got them and i think to keep sean mcdermott even if they squeak into a wild card round position at the bottom as in the last team to get in which is you know, at this stage, not even a guaranteed kind of fact. No, I, I think I think you know to to keep Sean McDermott would be to say, okay, we're happy being, you know, second, third, fourth best at our best. You know, they're not. Then they, they've been the closest they've been to the best in the AFC, yet alone the NFL, was losing in the AFC Championship. And if if that's his legacy, if that's all, if if you're perfectly happy with saying. If that's as good as we're going to be and we're happy with that, then keep him. Because do you know what? In a few years, he'll probably get you back to a, a stage where you're getting double-digit wins. Do I think he's going to get you to a stage where you're competing for a Super Bowl? No. I mean, you couldn't do it when you had one of the most talented rosters in the NFL and your team's getting worse. I think it's time to you know, say, look, Sean... You know, it was a great ride. We enjoyed it. We got a lot of wins. You've been a very successful head coach. But at this stage, you know, Josh Allen's only going to get older. Maybe we need to try and, you know, have a different kind of approach, um, a different scheme, a different, maybe a different culture, because something's not going right in Buffalo. Um, look, I said this at the beginning of the season, before the season started. Um, I've been saying this for a long time. This will be Sean McDermott's last year as the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. And it should be. I don't think anyone can say he deserves to have another year. They've not had a good season. They are six and six. I'm not sitting here like, oh, they're, you know, nine and four. And, you know, they're in control of a wildcard spot because Miami is so good. You know, they're not going to get um, a, top, a top ranking. You know, they're bad. They're not a good football team. They are 500. That is not what you want from a team that, you know, has been in the Super Bowl conversation as Super Bowl hopefuls for the last four years or something ridiculous like that. You know, something needs to change. It needs to be the head coach. 
um because you're not going to get rid of josh allen and he's not the issue he's having he's not having his best year but he's, he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the league and will continue to be that something needs to change um at, at some at some stage you just gotta accept that sean mcdermott could only get you so far and i think that reality is starting to set in for people yeah yeah, no doubt. I mean, listen, like you said, with the talent that they have on this team and where they've gone the last couple of years, they've gotten like progressively less far in the playoffs by year each year, the last three or four years. So you're not going in the right direction. The roster is not going in the right direction. And like you mentioned, you you were on this beginning of the year and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. They've been kind of solid. But again, you were you were right. I mean, this is this is uh, this is looking like it's going to be it here for Sean McDermott. Uh, Gage, what do you think, man? If the bill or if the Bills miss the playoffs this year, is Sean McDermott going to be out as head coach? Uh, yes. Um, Laura nailed it. Like totally on the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they kept him so long because the team was so much had so much talent and they were making the playoffs even though they were falling short of expectations because, like, the last four years, people were like, oh, this is the Bills' year, this is the Bills' year, the Bills' are Super Bowl favorites, and they just come up short every single time. So at some point, you got to realize the team is getting older. Like, the team, it just isn't as good as it was. Like, there's a problem there, and it's not all on Josh Allen. Like, yes, he's a turnover machine, but, like, when he's on, he's, like, arguably a top three quarterback when he's on. Easy. Like, but... <sighs> Lawrence said it like there's only so far Sean McDermott's gonna take you and they just let him take the reins of this team because there's just so much worse out there that you'd take like above average and like keep rolling with it because it's just not the worst possible outcome so instead of taking the risk they just keep running with it and especially after the, all the stories coming out with Sean McDermott and the team meetings and everything I think it's wild yeah I think he's I think it's time for a change in Buffalo. Because, again, Lord said, it's not going to be Josh Allen. It's not going to be Josh Allen. It's done. And they need to revamp that entire coaching staff, top to bottom. They're going to hire a new OC already in the offseason. Might as well just hire a new head coach, get the OC the head coach wants, and get a new DC2 while you're at it. Because your defense mm. is nowhere near what it should be. Like, at all. So, I think you just... Yards fire sale the whole coach coaching staff top three because <clears throat> like I'm not gonna say anything about QB coaches or assistant coach. like that's they did like they might get crossfire don't know how they go personally in their meetings and everything but the top three need to go like and you already started halfway through the season they are going to lose this game in Arrowhead because it is in Arrowhead and you were playing the Kansas City Chiefs who historically cannot beat in when you need to beat them. And this is a must-win game for the Bills. We have proven you can't beat the Chiefs in must-win games. Mm-hmm. Especially in Arrowhead. Yeah. So I think they lose this game and they're just banished to like the shadow room of mediocrity. Like of nine and eight, middle of the pack, middle of the pack draft, and you gotta like pray pray the wheels fall off in Cleveland. You got to pray the wheels fall off and like you got to pray the Broncos don't stay hot. Yeah. You're looking behind both of those teams now. Like, yeah, Pittsburgh's going to fall off. Like, good. You like that's going to move you up one slot. But you're sitting at eight right now. Mm -hmm. And you have a loss against like I know Joe Burrow's hurt. The Bengals have a better record than you and a Mm head-to-head win. So, you also got to 
hope somehow Cincinnati doesn't pull off some wins. Because your schedule is awful if you're Buffalo. Your schedule is the worst schedule you could possibly have in this moment. Because you have Chiefs, Dallas, and then you have Miami. I think it's Pats and Chargers as well. Oh, Pats and Chargers, yep. So, theoretically, if Miami has nothing to play for, you can win three games. If Miami has something to play for, you're losing. You're losing four games. Maybe. Like, you, you're gonna beat the Pats. You're gonna beat the Chargers. I mean, you can't even say that you can beat the Pats. You never know. You, you lost yeah. them once already. Uh, I know so that, that would kill you on the in, that would kill you on the inside to watch that, Matt. I would hate watch. it. I would die. But like, you come out of that four week stretch at eight and eight. In the AFC, that's not going to get you a playoff spot. No. Because then you're, you got to hope Cleveland's not like 10, 10 and 6 at that point because their schedule is way easier. You got to hope the Broncos don't keep rattling off wins. And you got to hope Cincinnati loses a game or two because you're guaranteed, I guarantee you're losing two games. You're not beating Dallas. Like, I'd be shocked if you did. And then you got the trap game, the Pats. You could beat the Chargers because Brandon Staley's still the head coach. And the Dolphins, if like if they need to play for the one seed against take to take it over Baltimore, they're gonna beat the brakes off you. So you're sitting in the worst possible situation and your entire coaching staff's gonna get fired. Josh Allen's gonna be under insane pressure next year. And the whole team's gotta revamp. So the team's kinda fucked. <laughs> like oh, yeah. 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 in short. Diggs is going to want out. You know, Diggs is getting old. you got Von Miller doing craziness. Oh, Von Miller won't play another you know, down in the NFL, probably. And Stephon Diggs they, won't they play They signed him for massive contracts. They've got some money tied up with him. Yeah. You know, you've got your safety. Um, your safeties are getting old. You know, you've got yeah. Micah Hyde and Jordan yeah. Poyer. Jordan They're getting Poyer's, old. Uh, you know, Matt Milano had a season-ended injury. We don't know what the effect for him is going to be down the line. It's actually, in terms of, if you look at the big picture... Out of the AFC East teams, they have one of the bleaker futures out of those four teams, right? Because what do they have to build on other than Josh Allen? I mean, Stephon Diggs, Diggs won't play yeah. another down after this year for in a Buffalo uniform. Like, we'll, yeah, we'll not. But, you know, their young guys haven't been the draft picks that they probably wanted to be from them. You know, they got Dalton Kincaid this year, which looked like a, one of the steals of the draft. He hasn't done loads. He's been all right, but he, he's, you know, he's not been, you know, that player they probably wanted him to be as a receiving threat when they was taken as, like, the best receiving tight end on the board. You know, they've got age across the board. They've got age everywhere. They're at a really tough spot to even make the playoffs this season. I don't think they do. And then about next season... They had a three, four year window and they it's missed done. it. And now it's closed. This is what and Josh Allen's gonna waste away. You are stuff for the future. The next three, four years in Buffalo is gonna be really tough on Josh Allen. He will squeak wins because he the player he is means he can win games on his own. We can all agree with that. That's why it makes him a top five keeper in the league. You yep. can say the interceptions and the turnovers are an issue, but Josh Allen will win you games regardless. That's what makes him elite. But apart from Josh Allen, you know, who who is one guy that you look at that roster and think he's going to be elite in the next few years? Yeah, they drafted James Cook years. last year, really thinking they'd give him a, they would, he would give them a running threat. And 
know, big receiving out the backfield, and he's underperformed on the ground. Yeah, he's great. He's got great hands, good receiving threat, but hasn't been great pass blocking, and that doesn't give you off-the-board rushing numbers every week. And Buffalo still stayed one-dimensional passing, and you can't function in an offense like that, especially if you have an aging offensive line who's getting beat now. Yeah. I mean, look, Diggs is going to want to go. That's going to be a massive storyline in the offseason. He's already got his brother sit t- tweeting free, free um, Stefan, some mm-hmm. stupid like that. He's going to walk. He's, he's, he's near the end of his career. He's going to walk. He's going to want to go to a contender. He's going to want to get a Super Bowl ring to finish off what has been a great career. And then, then you're left with Josh Allen, nothing else. And I think at that stage, you've got to embrace the rebuild, start from scratch, new head coach, new philosophy, what will be a new roster the only thing you're going to keep is josh allen yeah i agree i I think listen if you're going to rebuild buffalo i mean josh allen having josh allen is a good place to start you know and then you can kind of figure everything out from there but like you said i mean even josh allen like the the the, his play style the amount of hits that he takes the amount of the the reckless behavior that he has on the field again the way that he plays football is not a long-term sustainable way to play football if you're a quarterback you know so look at cam newton yeah, I, I, I've seen him recently sliding a little bit more and taking a little bit better care of himself, not, you know, trying to run over linebackers, you know, in the A-gap or anything like that. So he's been a little bit better as far as that goes. But again, those hits are going to accumulate and those are going to shorten his career lifespan. So I, th- this last window was a very important for the window for them. I don't know how long his career is going to go based on, you know, how he's played, but it's going to be interesting to see. But starting with Josh Allen is a good starting point. But yeah, like you said, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of upheaval in Buffalo. But I mean, if you guys haven't read some of the things in the McDermott article, uh, go read them because it's insane what's going on in that article. Um, I won't even dive. Yeah, into I didn't even want to. I didn't want. I won't even dive into some of that stuff. But it's it's some crazy stuff. So look up that article. There's like 25 sources, by the way, behind that article, whether it's Including current or player former sources. players. Yeah, players and coach sources. So it's a legit article that is absolutely insane. So go check that and out. He if admitted you want. it too in a press conference. Yeah, he admitted it. So yeah, it's it's a lot of true things that were in that article. So yeah, go check it out because it's a lot of crazy stuff but i think even if they weren't having a disappointing year based on the stuff that's come out in that article he'd be on the hot seat but now with them being in danger of missing in the playoffs yeah he's going to be gone this offseason i mean and it's crazy to think they can miss the playoffs because right now look at just look at both sides of the ball okay they have they feel like they haven't been great on either side of the ball they're they've got the fifth most points per game in football for offense and their defense is the fifth best in points per game on defense you know so but they've got a top five offense and a top five defense and you're gonna miss the playoffs like yeah you probably should fire the head coach in that case mostly because you lose three games you were winning in the last minute against the pats the broncos and the eagles so yeah Sean McDermott's got to be out of there. Uh, it's 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 been a, a very disappointing season for Buffalo as well. But I do want to talk about this from a Kansas City perspective as well, because obviously the Chiefs are still 8-4. and four. They're still a really good team. But that offense has not looked the same as it has in previous years. They have been struggling to get things going on the offensive end. So, uh, Gage, I want to go to you first on this one, man. Obviously, I just talked about it. The, that offense for the Chiefs hasn't looked good. So if they lose this game, if Kansas City loses this game, are they still real contenders in the AFC? I mean, they are not the Kansas City teams we've seen the last four or five years. They're they're just not. Like, I don't show me the biggest Chiefs fan, and like you got to be like super oblivious to it if you want to say, "Oh no, they're still the Chiefs. They're still the front runners." Patrick Mahomes MVP. They're just not the same team. Patrick Mahomes is not even in the MVP conversation this year. His receiving core is awful, just terrible, and. 
I like they got Rashi Rice, yes, cool. And he may be one of Patrick Mahomes' favorite targets coming up in the next couple years. But right now, like MBS can't catch the ball to save his life. And crazy. I think uh the Kadarius Tony signing was terrible. The trade awful. Um shout out to the Giants for that one. And like Yes, it wasn't great last year when they won, but they had something like to get from Patrick Mahomes to do. Like, couldn't do it; didn't have to do it literally, but all by himself. Their offensive line isn't as good. Their defense is much better, but still not great. But it, it is 100 percent the best defense Patrick Mahomes has ever had in his career. But he has no weapons. Travis Kelsey, I think they downplayed his injury at the beginning of the year. I don't think he's 100. percent I really don't. Maybe not. And he's the only person on that field that's gonna give Patrick Mahomes any like safety blanket support. Like if you take if they take them take him away, he's struggling to put up twenty points a game. Like struggling. <clears throat> I never thought I'd say that about a Patrick Mahomes led offense. Struggling to put up twenty points. Are they a contender? No. Will they make the playoffs? Obviously. I'd be shocked if Denver won up some. Are they a contender? I people will say, "Oh, you can never count them out." Yeah, you can never count them out, but you can't say that the front runners or like super like big contenders because I think they get their break the breaks beat off them by Baltimore or Miami. Mm. Like, and I think my if Miami if t- mainly if Tua stays healthy, Miami's dangerous. You can that offense could put up thirty points in ten minutes if they had to. You can never you can never count that out. And if I'm Kansas City, I'm worried about Denver making it because you got to play them in the first round. And that while you saw how that played out last time you played, and that could be a terrible upset for Kansas City. I'd love to see it, <clears throat> but it, if you're not, if you think they really are like the still like favorites coming out of the AFC, you're either not watching actual football. You got Rose Coast Chiefs glasses on, saying glazing Patrick Mahomes at every conversation you can like it's it's asinine to look at that and be like oh that's a team that's 100 still the team they're not they need to get patrick mahomes help in the offseason and he's still the best coach in the league yes but there's only so much two two three people can do to make a whole team succeed and get this yeah they certainly haven't looked the same they definitely haven't looked the same i thought they were going to be better uh, uh than they were last year coming off a super bowl victory and they have not looked the same at all and it's been a very, very frustrating watch. Like you said, that's interesting to think about with Travis Kelsey's injury. Maybe he's still not healthy. And I mean, he's getting up there in age too. I mean, he's older than Gronk and Gronk's retired twice already, you know? Yeah, so uh, uh, I don't know if you saw the thing Travis Kelsey uh, put out in his podcast with uh, Jason. that he's like, yeah, people would be surprised how much I think about retiring every week. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, because mm-hmm. his body is just taking so much abuse. All the surgeries, yeah, all that. So yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where he goes going forward, and yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how the Chiefs' season plays out because yeah, it certainly has been disappointing. But Lawrence, I'm going to you, man. If the Chiefs lose this week, are they still a real contender in the AFC? Yeah, I mean, look, I hear everything Gage said, um, but the Chiefs are eight and four. They lose, okay, fine, they're eight and five. Let's say for the sake of argument, they lose, right? They're still you know, going to get a playoff spot. That much is certain. Um, and they still have Patrick Mahomes. And I hate people who say this normally. Oh, you have one player, therefore you can never count them out. Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the league. And when you have that 
kind of player in in that position of all positions you know he he can make everyone around him better and he has an awful receiving room you know travis kelsey if he were healthy we probably wouldn't be asking this question because he would have that number one guy but his number one receiver let's be honest is not 100 percent um but that doesn't mean that the chiefs are are not in the conversation you know i think they would beat miami but then again that's because i i, I have zero faith in miami i think them versus the ravens i think i'd probably pick the ravens to win that but then again we're talking about two of the best teams in the league right now and if if we're looking at those games thinking oh they're not guaranteed then then of course they have a chance of course they have a chance to win to win the super bowl and i, I honestly i don't think anyone here would be necessarily stunned if come february the chiefs are there they might not win it but if they're there no one's gonna be like oh my god we never saw this coming let's be honest you know the vegas probably thinks they have a good chance of going i'm not going to count the chiefs out until they've lost a playoff game quite frankly and i think you'd be stupid to do that um look they have an elite defense top five defense their offense is still top 10. um it's not been the best it's been in the past but it doesn't matter by how many points you're winning all that matters is at this stage of the season you keep winning they could beat this buffalo team by one they could win the rest of their games by one it doesn't matter they don't it didn't have to be pretty they have to make the postseason and they have to put themselves in a position um to have a good chance to win multiple playoff games because they're not going to have the one seed for the first time in mahomes's career and that's gonna Maybe you not. know that's gonna be interesting how that how that affects him look we knew the top teams from a couple of years ago were going to struggle a little bit you know there was always this this kind of question what's Mahomes going to be without Tyreek um without you know Kelsey at his finest form and we're starting to see it but he's not exactly having a bad season he's thrown 22 touchdowns which is you know still amongst the top in the NFL He's only thrown 10 interceptions, which is not bad. He's thrown over 3,000 yards. He's having a decent year, not in his best year. He's not in the MVP race, but he's not having a bad season. And considering the complete lack of talent around him in terms of receiving threats, um, you know, he, he's doing, he's making it work for him in the best way he can. And, and when you are still eight and four, despite everything, then of course you're within a shout. You know, what other eight and four teams would you look at and think, there is no way they can win the Super Bowl. They're eight and four. Of course, they have a chance. And like I said, the only time I'm going to say the Chiefs aren't going to have no chance at making the Super Bowl is when they've lost the wild card game. Yeah, Lawrence, I'm going to 100% agree with you. And kind of to build on your point, I think this Kansas City team is. People are thinking that this Kansas City team was built the same as it was in years before when they had Tyree Kill, when they had Travis Kelsey, when they're just offensive heavy. They built this team to be a defensive football team. And obviously they have Isaiah Pacheco, although he's going to be out on Sunday, actually. Uh, they built this to be more of a defense and running game team. And that's what they've been so far this year. They've been a more ground and pound team. It's been a different team. And that's why people think, you know, they, especially like Gage, obviously he thinks, you know, they're, they're cooked, you know, but uh, that's whoa, why people are. Whoa, that, whoa. I didn't say they were cooked. 
You you said you said people who think they're favorites are asinine. That's oh, what you favorites, said. favorites, yeah, hundred percent. And favorites, I completely, yeah. I completely disagree with that statement because favorites? if you look, yes, because if you look at all the other contenders, okay, it, it, and yes, obviously, if they lose this game, they're still a contender because you look at all the other contenders or all the other teams in general in the AFC, they're the only ones who are proven postseason performers. The rest are either unproven, have a quarterback who's hurt, or just might not make the playoffs. Miami. Unproven Tua, they haven't won. Tua hasn't won a playoff game. Okay, granted, it is year three or four. Okay, but he hasn't won a playoff game. They haven't done anything in the playoffs. Okay, Buffalo might miss the playoffs. Baltimore, they're unproven in the playoffs. Lamar has won one playoff game in his career. Cincinnati, Burroughs hurt. Jacksonville, unproven. Tr Trevor Lawrence is hurt. They have one playoff win. Okay, Houston, they're unproven. Rookie coach, rookie quarterback. Denver, do we really believe in Denver? I don't think anyone really believes Denver's going to make a playoff run either, okay? And that's literally all the teams in the AFC that I just mentioned, okay? I think, obviously, Miami and Baltimore have to be the favorites of those teams that I just mentioned because how they played this year. But again, they haven't done shit as far as playoffs go. And Kansas City is the defending Super Bowl champion, and they're in the AFC championship game every single season. And Lawrence, you were saying they might not, not get the number one seed. If they win this week... And they they have a really easy schedule the rest of the way. Baltimore drops a game, Miami drops a game. They're the number one seed again, you know. So it's it's very easy for them to they they have a path to be the number one seed, especially if they win this week. So even in a down Chiefs year, as far as offensive goes, I think they're still listen. If they listen, if they even if they lose this game to me, they're still the favorites in the AFC alone, just out of those contenders because they're the contenders haven't done shit. They're contenders because there's no other real contender out there other than Kansas City. So for me, I think because they have Patrick Mahomes they've still got the best quarterback in football they've still got the best tight end in football they've still got the best head coach in football in my opinion I have confidence they're going to put it all together come playoff time because and this obviously like I said this is the best defense of the Mahomes era so if they can put if they can start figuring it out come playoff time and they just have a competent offense where they're scoring 24 25 you know 27 points come playoff time they're, it's I think they're easily still the favorites in my yeah. opinion because they just have the they've proven it they've done it before time and time again that's one team that I am certainly not going to count out I've done it too many times in my life already and I'm not going to do it anymore and they're they just yeah. they just find ways to win I mean look you got to look at for the fact of this if they're not the favorites then who are on paper right now you're probably looking at Miami um Jacksonville uh, and the Ravens are probably the three that come to mind in the AFC that are, you know, within that conversation of being the, the number one seed, right? But the Chiefs are right there. And as, as like Matt said, they're one or two games away from being once again in the one seed. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand how, you know, anyone can, can rule them out of the Super Bowl conversation. And I think to say they're favourite, I don't think there's a single favourite in the AFC right now. I'm not going to look at any of those teams and say that is one hunt. They're my favourites. It is a f four teams right now are in that conversation on paper. Then again, you do have to look at what are the the factors that you don't see in a stat line. Okay, I have no faith in Miami because Miami have an awful defence and defence, whether you like it or not does win championships which is why this Chiefs team is in a great position right now you know you look at Baltimore out of all of those teams they probably have the most complete roster but then again Lamar Jackson has not necessarily proven that he's got what it takes or what he has won multiple playoff games okay then you look at Jacksonville Trevor Lawrence is hurt 
you know they're a rising team, but I still think they're a season away from reaching their potential, their their their, their ceiling. Okay, so I don't think they're there yet. Which leaves, you know, like I said, Chiefs Ravens. I think that's going to be the AFC Championship game, and the Chiefs might lose it, but you know that will be any any given Sunday kind of results. So don't count the Chiefs out anytime soon. Yeah, I certainly won't be uh, doing that because, like I said, the, the Chiefs just Chiefs. They find a way to be in the AFC Championship game at the very least the whole last half decade, you know. So I'm I'm definitely not counting the Chiefs out. And for me, I think they'll still be the favorite even if they even if they lose this week. Because I mean, listen, the the rest of their schedule is cake. They'll probably still win 12 games and you know still be a top two or three seed in the AFC. And they've proven it, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see though because obviously they certainly have not looked as good as we're accustomed to see the Chiefs looking uh, on the offensive side of the football. But let's finish this week's episode with Sunday Night Football. It's the game of the week. It's the NFC East rivals, the 10-2 and Philadelphia Eagles coming off getting blown out by the Niners at home, and they got to go on the road in a huge division game to face the 9-3 and Dallas Cowboys who got a mini-bye after the Thursday Night Football win versus the Seahawks last week. So, Gage, I'm going to kick it to you first on this one, man. Obviously, we're all on this show not big on the Cowboys, but if the Cowboys win this week, can they silence the doubters with a win? Uh, I said this on the – I'll keep this short because I said this on the Tuesday show, and I had my own little rant again, so I won't double down on it. Um, the Cowboys are going to win this game. Like, I'll – like pretty confident Philly hasn't like it's a bounce back week for Philly getting blown out by San Fran yes it is in Dallas which is rough on opposing teams that aren't the 49ers it's been statistically very rough to go play in Dallas Philly has not looked like what we thought they were going to be especially after last year and Jalen Hurts is still playing well but not nowhere near what we thought he was going to ascend to this week um, this year and their defense is not as locked down as I would have thought. Um, and Dallas is playing very good football. The offense and CD Lamb are going absolutely insane. Defense is still top five, three or top five at, at least, even after that horrendous game in Seattle, against Seattle. And I don't think the defense repeats back-to-back weeks like that, giving them 30-plus points. And I think the Eagles lose the division, too, off this. Because this game has like super big implications for that division. Because it'll it'll bring them to the same record. Both teams have a head-to-head win over each other if Dallas wins, and then you get all to, into all these tiebreakers, and the Eagles might drop another game. And I don't think Dallas does. Like Dallas's mm-hmm. biggest test is Buffalo next week, and I don't think Dallas drops that game. So it's going to be very interesting down the stretch of who gets the top seed, the second seed to. San Fran because San Fran I think takes the number one seed um, so it's going to be interesting who gets the second seed and who gets the five seed and how all the tiebreakers end up after the Cowboys win this week because it's, it's going to get very interesting in the NFC East yeah, it's definitely going to get interesting. Like you mentioned, Cowboys win. You know, it's two 10-3 teams. And if the Cowboys win, we might have the whole NFC at 10-3. and three. It might be Cowboys, Eagles, Lions, Niners all at uh, all at 10-3. and three. So it'll be really interesting to see how that number one seed plays out. I mean, but, the Niners beat the brakes off everyone else. So I think they got it yeah. at heads. 
Well, yeah, they they would have it in the head. I don't think I don't know if the Niners play the Lions or not, but that'll be interesting to see the how the, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out, though. Just to just to uh, just you know, in terms of all of them being ten and three at the same time, it would be wild to see you know how that kind of went. But Laura, to go to you, man. Obviously, you're not a big Cowboys guy either. So if the Cowboys win, are they going to silence all of us doubters? Yeah, my my main criticism of the Cowboys is that. You know, I call them regular season warriors. They beat the bad teams really, really consistently. And they always finish with double digit wins. And then they do nothing in the postseason. Okay. This game should be treated like a postseason game in the sense that it is two top of the, you know, top of the range teams going at it with some serious implications down the line. You know, the winner of this game may very well end up winning the East. And quite frankly, if the Eagles win this game, they might lock up the one seed. They're going to have to, you know, this is their probably hardest game left, I'd imagine. And, you know, if they go to 11-2, they have a one game in hand. They still have a good chance to get the one seed. If they lose this, you know, that that's, that's really tough for them. The Cowboys need to beat the good teams to be considered te- to be to be considered as a contender in my eyes and in the eyes of a lot of people i don't think that's an unusual criticism of the dallas cowboys no. they do well against bad teams but they struggle against good teams they are this is probably the best dallas team we've seen under dak um most of that is because he's playing his best football of his career he's also got a very good defense around him um, you know, they're ranked third right now in the league, which is, you know, always a positive to have. If they win this, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be the favourites to win the Super Bowl. You know, they still, I still have every faith that even if they do win this, they will lose a playoff game. Um, I mean, but it's a hell of a test. And, you know, of, of all of all the, you know, the possible games, you know, this is a great opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys to actually make a statement in the league. The 49ers did it against the same Eagles team last week. They made a statement. Despite their losing streak, they were still a top two team in the league, if not top one. The I'm Dallas back. Cowboys have the same opportunity this, this week. And I'm interested to see, you know, if they do win, how far of a margin is it by? Because... The 49ers did it in such a fashion where it's pretty clear right now they're the best team in the league because of how they, not just that they beat the Eagles, but the way they did it. The Cowboys, if they do the same thing, I think it's going to be hard for anyone to look at this team and say, just because you're the Dallas Cowboys and I hate your franchise, you're not a top team in the league right now. If they do manage to pull off the win in an impressive fashion, then of course, then of course, it's going to change the way they're viewed. It's going to have to, and you know that's why I'm rooting for the Eagles. Um, but you know, it's going to be a great game to watch. I'm going to, I'm going to actually backtrack on my statement earlier after like double checking the schedules on the NFC yes. East thing. Uh, Dallas has a hard as fuck schedule to end up yeah, the year, uh, and Philly has a cupcake schedule. Mm-hmm. So Philly, as much as I would love to see the chaos ensue of Dallas somehow winning the NFC East, I don't see it likely anymore. So I'm going to redact my earlier statement of Dallas taking the NFC East because they have the Bills, the Dolphins, and Detroit. Yeah. 
in a row, and the Eagles have Seattle, Arizona, Giants twice. Mm -hmm. You have zero winning teams left on your schedule, so... Yeah, like uh, I'm going to build on a, a both of your points. So like Lawrence mentioned and like we've been kind of talking about as far as this season goes for the Cowboys, I am not a Cowboys guy. Like Lawrence mentioned, it's because they just never seem to get it done in the playoffs. You know, you can do whatever you want. For me, I'm, I'm all I'm a playoffs guy. You can do whatever you want in the regular season. If you don't come through in the playoffs, I'm not going to believe in you. So even if they do win this game, I've got to see it to believe it in the playoffs. I, if they win this game, I'm not going to come in here and be like, the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to do that, okay? I need to see it to believe it in the playoffs. I'm not going to pick the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl until I see them go to the Super Bowl. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm kind of, I feel like the Cowboys in Buffalo are kind of similar in that regard, where like you just have zero trust in whatever they're going to do. And, you know, you kind of have to believe it when you see it with both of those teams as far as how they're built. But yeah, and the, and the Dolphins too. We haven't seen it with the Dolphins as well. And it's, you know, there's, this there's a few teams that are, over. This question there's, all there, over. that's kind of the beauty of this NFL season where it seems like there's a lot of teams with a lot of question marks. There's not one real clear favorite, but maybe besides San Francisco, because they've been running Detroit for Lions. everybody. Yeah, the Lions too. Good call. Uh, but as I, listen, even as a Cowboys doubter, last week's win over Seattle, I was impressed. A lot went wrong for them in that game, especially defensively. DK was cooking them. Okay, they were down by eight in the fourth quarter, but... What good, de- what good teams do is they find a way to win even when they aren't at their best, okay? And that's what the Cowboys did last week against Seattle. Obviously, Dak balled out, and he has been all year. We've been talking about it. Granted, it's been ass against ass opponents, okay? But it's what you're supposed to do against ass opponents. You're supposed to beat them up. He deserves credit for that. He Like we, like we talked about, he's on the very short list of MVP candidates, and he deserves credit for that. And like we talked about as well, last week, the defense got stops at the end of the game when they needed them. That's the mark of a good team and a good unit, and that's what the Cowboys have on both sides of the ball. They have a good offense. They have a good defense. The Cowboys are a good football team, okay? There's no denying that, even as a guy who does not believe in the Cowboys come postseason time. So, if they came out this week again and beat a desperate Philly team who was motivated off a loss in a huge rivalry game that has big playoff and in, in division implications, yeah, that would silence me at least a little bit and a lot of other Cowboys doubters, at least for the time being, especially because that's the reigning a- NFC champ and that they will have just beaten. So, and again, you probably could have argued they should have beat them the first time too, considering how that game went. So I, but I also think Dallas needs this game more, both psychologically and literally, because if Philly wins, the, the, the Cowboys will start to doubt themselves if they can really beat Philly in a playoff game. And plus, like Gage was talking about, if Philly wins this game, the division's over because they'll have a two-game lead and the tiebreak over Dallas, which basically means it's a three-game lead with four games left in the season. That alone enough is to say the division's over. Also, like Gage talked about, when you see Philly's got Seattle, the Giants twice, and Arizona, that also enough is alone to say Philly is still going to win the division. But then when you also see Dallas has the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Lions remaining on the schedule, it makes it even more more obvious who needs this game more it is definitely Dallas but Philly does need it too you don't want to put the division or that number one seed at risk because right now there's four teams in the NFC with a really good shot at that one seed I just mentioned them and it could be crucial to you know to have a playoff run this year but for me that's why I'm going with Dallas actually to win this football game because they need this win more they've been they've been playing better more consistent football to me since they lost to the Niners in blowout fashion even though the Phillies first win 
uh, or first loss came against the Niners last week. I feel like Dallas has been more consistent, just blowing out the teams they should blow out and, you know, winning close games when necessary. So I think, you know, I think Dallas is going to get this one. I think Dak and CD continue to take advantage of a bad Philly pass defense. Philly's pass defense gets absolutely sh shredded week in and week out. And so I think the Eagles are going to lose their second straight game. I think we're going to have a log jam at the top of the NFC. I think we're going to have ten, uh, uh, all four of those teams at 10 and three after this week with the Niners, the Eagles, the Lions, and the Cowboys all going to be there, I believe. So I think the Cowboys are going to beat the Eagles 30 to 24, but you guys still got to do something in the playoffs for me to really be silenced as far as a Cowboys doubter, because at the end of the day, it comes down to the rings. It comes down to the Super Bowls. That's what it comes down to. And y'all haven't had any since the nineties. So when you guys get another one, you, when you guys make another one, then you'll really silence, silence the rest of us doubters. But until then, we're still going to keep hating. We're still going to keep doubting. That's for sure. But with that, that's going to do it for us here today on the House Paul Sports Gridiron segment. Thank you guys so much for watching. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe as well. We appreciate all your feedback. I'm sure we're going to get some comments down below from Cowboys fans and from all fans of all teams. Okay. Again, thank you to Vivid Seats for sponsoring this video. Shout out to the rest of our sponsors as well. That's Coffee Bros, Lids, SportMemorabilia.com, Pillow Fight, Fubo TV, and more. If you want to check out any or all of our sponsors, the links are in the description. And be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms as well at the House Call Sports. We got Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. We're up up on threads we've got merch you can meet our crew and we've got blogs up on our website our website is www.thehousecall.com and that's gonna be it for us peace still undecided i think that's the broncos more ah okay all right. all right all right all right all right which Fine. is not